Welcome in. Glad to have you on another episode of Riverbank Riches. I'm Ben George, along with Desmond Taylor at CLC Financial. Also joined again by Ashley Kelsey. We talked with her on our last episode. So if you haven't, go back, check that one out as well. Some really good information about the, the work that Transworld does and how they help business owners and buyers and sellers connect. And a lot of the way they work through that, some shared some challenges, shared some success stories as well. So some really good information. So Ashley, I'm, I'm glad you're back with us for another episode, but I, I really enjoyed our, our first conversation. I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Well, one thing you touched on that I want to talk about a little bit here off the top is you talked about interest rates, some of the challenges that we're facing there. Anybody that knows has seen interest rates creep up quite a bit over the last year plus, and mm-hmm. looks like we'll probably stay in this this kind of range for the foreseeable future. Who knows what'll, where it will take us, but that pair with inflation, there's a lot going on right now. I mean, there's just a couple of things on the surface that are happening, but how do all these macro events impact what you're doing and the work that you're doing with business owners? So events like the interest rates, you know, it just requires us to get a little bit more creative. So thus far, you know, interest rates are creeping up. We, we've mentioned that, we've seen that, you know, historically we've had substantially lower interest rates and likely we're not going to see that anytime soon. And now that the economy is getting a little bit more used to that, deals and, and transactions are still happening. They're still happening. The cost of capital is not entirely deterring transactions from occurring, it's actually bringing more sellers to the market. And the reason that I say that is because sellers have an opportunity. They have an opportunity that maybe they didn't have before because seller financing is a piece. uh, Essentially, the seller acts as the bank, holds a portion of a note, but they get paid interest on that. So as to where previously we were seeing shorter seller notes, you know, it's, it's a huge aspect into a deal just because it proves a level of confidence to the business to the buyer that that business is going to maintain and and continue to grow or to sustain whatever it may be for that business. But now we're seeing it where sellers are preferring to hold that note because they get to capitalize on the interest payment that they're seeing. They tend to, we're seeing that they're holding longer notes because then they get that payment over a longer period of time. So it's really giving them another opportunity to really get a higher return on their investment and on the sale of the business. It's really important, I think, what you said. Um, I just want to touch on this of of the seller staying a part of that business mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time because they they're the ones that know the business. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that started it. I'm sure a lot of the clients or a lot of their customers have uh, come to know them. A lot of not only that, but the vendors that Correct. have a good reputation with that current owner. And so, um, keeping them in, I'm sure, is key. Mm-hmm. And then you touched on the interest rates and how that now entices them to be in. So it even works out for the buyer, even though the interest rates may be higher, the buyer may see a higher success or, or chance of success because now not only is that seller, you know, willing to stay in, but he wants to stay in because of that. So um, that was a great point to bring up. Absolutely. And touching back to that a little bit more, you know, when a buyer comes to me and they're looking to sell, the best thing that they can do, or I'm sorry, a seller, when a seller comes to me and they're looking to sell, the best thing that they can do don't wait until you're burnt out. Do not wait until you're fully done and you're ready to be through with it because your buyer is going to need you. And that is also how you are going to get a premium price for your business. And you're going to get the best terms because you staying involved and having a transition period, every business sale, there will be some form of a transition. There are opportunities for you to continue mentoring that buyer to help them meet certain goals. It can be structured in the form of an earnout. So if you still have the umph to stay involved and to still work at it and to help that buyer, you know, maybe grow it, then there's, there's additional upside for you as the seller to do that. One of the other things too, Ashley, I know that, uh, 
you know, depending on when we're watching this, who knows how things will play mm -hmm. out with the government. But there's a p potential for shutdown. But I think this is not just something that's going to happen this week. So even if this has already been corrected and they've come to a solution and figured mm -hmm. things out, it's something that could happen down the road again and probably will happen again. So how does that impact what you're trying to do, too, when, you, when you, we were but up, butting up against a government shutdown potentially? So it's important to understand where the government is at any given time, especially as a business owner, whether that's your local government, whether that's your federal government, because of course there's always going to be funding, there's always going to be potentially grants, depending on your type of industry that you rely on. It's important to know kind of where those those uh, situations lie. Um, having that understanding will only benefit your business and it'll allow you to prepare for future events. You mentioned something in there uh, when, where you you said grants, and I think that's a really important topic. Um, we have mentioned a couple of times on the show, um, we have a, a pecan orchard and we've uh, actually utilized some of those grants. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's from like the USDA is where those have come from. So um, do you, you, you mentioned, um, do, do you, when it going through a grant process, um, I imagine takes uh, multiple parties. Is this something that you guys facilitate or do you use, do you bring in somebody, you know, a grant? Some Because I know there's consultants themselves for that. Mm -hmm. um, and grants can be extremely helpful, I imagine, for businesses that uh, the, the government is trying to incentivize to get started mm -hmm. or they want to ensure that that business, uh, you know, doesn't die out. So uh, how does that, you know, going off topic a little bit, how mm -hmm. does that how do grants fit in and how do you guys facilitate to make sure that those business owners or, or sellers um, can get those grants? So we do not facilitate with helping business owners uh, get those grants themselves. But as I mentioned before, we look to provide a service to anybody who comes uh, to us for whatever their need may be. So in doing so, we always look to, we're going to help anybody who calls us, even if we're not the right fit. Um, in doing that, we look to find the solution. So we are a solution provider. And we look to find those individuals like the consultants that you mentioned mm -hmm. and, you know, refer the the individual or always provide that solution of telling them who can help them. I think that that just answered a lot of questions, you know, not only the direct question, but it also helps uh, the, the people listening answer a lot of other questions of where you guys fit in as well. Because we always get the questions um, of do you guys do taxes mm -hmm. or, you know, hey, we want to trust do you guys write up trust. And and we don't do those, but we can definitely point you in the right direction. And it's important to have somebody that, you know, as as us having the financial oversight and we see all the finances, kind of the, the cash flows. And if you want to figure out where something is, you know, follow the money. It is the old saying. And you guys are seeing that starting from that three mm -hmm. to five years out. You not only you, you almost you mentioned you don't really know how to run the business, but I imagine working with someone for three to five years, you do understand, you know, kind of where the money goes, how things flow. And so uh, you you become more of a valuable asset as an advisor of an outside perspective on, okay, you know, here's the network of attorneys that, that we can work with mm -hmm. or CPAs. And here's, you know, not only a CPA or attorney that's good, but here is somebody who's a really good fit with, for you, because like you mentioned, this is the job that I do every day mm -hmm. where there may be a CPA or attorney that specializes in this certain you know field mm -hmm. within their own profession uh, that they could be really good at for helping that business owner. Uh, likewise for the grant or somebody who facilitate grants. I know there are certain people that work with grants that, you know, work with a certain type of grant. Mm -hmm. And so um, they would not have access to that person or they may not know, even know to reach out to that person. But you have done this many times Should say, okay, you know, this is the person that's best for this type of, he may be terrible at something else, <laughs> but he is the best for this type. Um, so again, a tremendous value there just from, you know, that high level overview that you bring to them, you know, you can get into the micro 
um, as well. But the 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 macro mm-hmm. of you know, okay, here's how all of these things work, and here's who's best, and here's who fits this puzzle the best. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, you know, speaking of how all of this fits together, and and what is the role of technology um, that you that you think that trans world is? When I say role of technology, I mean you know. AI is a trigger word. The, the big talk um, before AI was crypto. So how do you think that uh, now going into the AI age is what I call it? How do you think that that will either complement your clients or how do you think that could even potentially hinder the, some businesses? Um, and what role does that does that play? And how, what role does technology, you know, going forward, how does that mm-hmm. how does that fit into your um, job as not only the broker, but as an advisor to these people? So let's look at the aspect overall of technology and Mm -hmm. and for the broker and how we work with that, how that, you know, it's a huge benefit for us, Mm -hmm. right? So technology has become a major key aspect in everything that we do because it has allowed more sellers and more buyers to be able to find the opportunities that are available. So at any given time, one in five businesses are for sale, but general public isn't going to know that. So Mm -hmm. you're going to need that technology to share. At Transworld Business Advisors, we confidentially market on all of the major for sale sites. So if you think about, you know, real estate, you're looking at Remax, you're looking at all of those areas, you know, you get on Zillow and you're looking for a house. Well, there are sites for business sales directly. So the capability to be able to advertise and to market, not just in our internal network of over 700 agents, but to be able to get out there and reach the population overall, AI has been a tremendous asset because at any given time, a broker is representing multiple listings, multiple businesses. So the capability to utilize AI to kind of help put some of those marketing aspects mm-hmm. together is is tremendous. In addition, technology is huge for education. One of the biggest challenges that we see in business brokerage is the education aspect because again, technology can be a hindrance here because everybody has Google. Mm-hmm. And information gets posted so freely, but it's not always correct information. So especially when it comes to business valuations, Mm -hmm. you know, business valuations, I've heard numbers of times, you know, somebody calls me and they say, well, I heard my business is worth five times my, my revenue. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, what type of business do you have? You know, let's talk through this. Let's Mm -hmm. get an understanding of, of where you're at. Um, and sometimes that can be a hard conversation to have because at times I have to be the person to tell them that, your business is not worth what you thought, but I have some resources. Let's have a few more conversations and we can help increase the value of your business to get you closer. Or it might be the the scenario where let's structure a deal that then you have more upside, right? So technology can go both ways for us. Uh, for business owners directly, I think technology has in, in things even like AI are a huge asset. Mm-hmm. As a business owner, generally they wear a lot of hats. So unless you're an absentee owner where maybe you have all the managers in place and you have everything running smoothly to where maybe you only do the taxes and some slight oversight, most of the time those business owners are wearing a lot of hats. They have a lot of jobs to do. They have a lot of things to oversee. So the use of of AI allows them to kind of streamline some of those things because I've seen AI used in things of social media. Mm-hmm. You know, where where is one of the easiest places to get marketing? Social media. Mm-hmm. And it's something that doesn't have a lot of cost associated. Of course, you can do paid advertisements and things, but you have the capability to do that advertising. I've spoken to business owners that generate a week's worth of posting 
and have it set to automatically post. Mm -hmm. And, And maybe they don't use an outside service because it's an area they've seen to cut a cost and increase, you know, their profitability. So I've seen it be a tremendous, you know, asset. I cannot say what that's going to do in the future as it evolves, as it continues where that's going to go. That's, you know, I don't have a crystal ball to kind of see, but so far I see it more as a benefit, the, the influx and the usage of technology in this industry. You know, I think uh, that I'm it, curious too, Desmond, if you don't mind, I, just quick follow up to that, because I'm curious, what impact does it have for you when you're trying to maybe try to determine the value of a business, but mm-hmm. you might think that AI could have a role in maybe not diminishing what they're doing, but maybe automating some of the work that they do. So it's hard to say, okay, your services might not have the value in five or 10 years that they have now. Have you run up against any of that and, and trying to sort through that is, is a realistic challenge for, for a business owner that's trying to sell? So typically one of the ways that we would do that. So businesses generally, and there are always exceptions, but businesses generally uh, sell based on a performance history. There are capabilities, and this is all industry uh, dependent as well, because there are certain industries that substantially, you know, that can be entirely different. So it's really best to have the conversation on individual basis, one-on-one, what industry, what are the parameters. But overall, that would be something that if there is the strong potential that AI might have an effect on future outcomes, then that would be something that we would probably recommend in doing some form of an earnout structure, requiring that certain levels be met to receive certain levels of, of payments, such as, you know, let's just use uh, some easy examples here. So say a seller is getting a million dollars at closing for their business. And then if certain levels of revenue are met over the course of a five-year period, they get, you know, additional bonuses based on that. That then requires that seller to maintain their involvement, but it does give them that potential upside because in businesses that can be volatile due to whether it's AI or other aspects, those are things that we do have to look at. And as a business broker, these are the experience, uh, the experiences and the level of experience collectively that we can bring to really kind of structure that to make it work. Because at that point, if it has the adverse effect, and those levels aren't met because of it, now a buyer is not fully overpaying and putting themselves in a negative position as well. So I think that what I kind of gathered touch on that is relationships are the, are one of the ways to combat AI. Correct. Is it, so I think that's really important. It's, you know, the, the seller staying on for a period of time will help because people at the end of the day like to deal with people. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason somebody gets frustrated when they call up to a, a call center and they get, you know, not a person on the phone. Um, and so, and they trust, you know, you build a relationship, you build trust. So whenever you have that, uh, that buyer take, you know, now buying that business and, and the seller staying on for a period of time, keeps those relationships and ensures that this is a smooth transition and trust. And, uh, you know, I also say too, for people who are using, you know, Google, cause we run into that a lot too, as well, <laughs> people who want to Google things or people who want to, you know, go and search and use it. It's only as good as the inputs that you put in. Correct. So somebody has to know what inputs to put in for that. Mm-hmm. So if you're, um, a, a, a person who's, you know, purchasing a business or, or you're, um, you know, somebody who's trying to do some doodle or, or somebody who's selling a business and they're like, I can do this on my own. You're not going to know the right inputs to put in that somebody mm-hmm. who does this every day. I mean, you could utilize AI 
uh, to enhance what you do because you know the correct inputs to put in and say, okay, this is what we should put in. This is what we should put in here. But somebody who doesn't do that every day would just do a flat search and then they would get misguided and then they go down this rabbit hole and now they're totally off cue of where they should even be. Absolutely. And that's where it's important to work with a subject matter expert in any industry. Your line of work, yep. I would I would definitely not, you know, try to make the decisions or, or the statements that you have the knowledge on because I know that I need to seek out the professionals that can guide me in the right direction. Yep. Yep. It's it's uh can't stress enough. <laughs> you know, I just the importance of of inputs. Um, and even on, you know, certain financial data when you get into the spreadsheets and everything, there's data mining that goes mm -hmm. on. Um, and so, you know, a lot of these people that I've mentioned this before that, um, you know, I would even say with Zillow on the on the real estate side, when you get into that, you get into, you know, what people want to see mm -hmm. on there's keywords on on Zillow. And, and this is just I'm trying to blend, I guess, you know, tell me if I'm doing somewhere wrong. I'm trying to blend what I do and and the selling aspect of it, even though you're totally outside of this. But, you know if somebody's searching for a business or they're search, searching for a home or they're searching for a uh, financial product, mm -hmm. they, they know what to put on there for people to see. Correct. Um, when you go and you doodle, you know, best index fund or you doodle best uh, mutual fund or you, you know, best stock, you know, a lot of times it'll lead you into um, these high expense ratio funds mm -hmm. that have just have the marketing dollars to put out there what somebody, what they know people want to see. Um, whenever I go on Zillow and look at houses, you know, I'll see, okay, you know, this beautiful picture taken, but then you'll ride by the house and you're like, that's not what the picture taken. <laughs> so when somebody goes and, and is looking, you know, who's a, who's a, a buyer or seller or wanting to post their own business or they're wanting to buy a business, you know, they could go on and, and look, I'm sure there's some websites that may have the postings of, Correct. of, yeah. And so they go on there and it's not telling the whole story. If a buyer is wanting to buy a business and they just doodle, you know, um, I don't know, uh, HVAC companies for yep. sale. Well, you know, how long has that HVAC company been around? What are the numbers behind it? Mm -hmm. You know, why is that person even wanting to sell in the first place? Exactly. Um, and so you guys bring a degree of credibility to the seller, mm -hmm. in my opinion, for that buyer, because you know that, you know, Transworld's been around for 40 years. Mm -hmm. They're they're not only trying to look out for the best interests of their clients, but they have a reputation to preserve as Absolutely. well for themselves. Because, you know, if they ruin their reputation, then there's no business. You know, why would people want to work with them? So you guys uh, bring a degree of credibility to the clients so that when a buyer comes around, they know, hey, this has been vetted. And we know that this business is a is a, a good business and there's not really going to be, you know, the, the sellers probably getting out because they're retired or, or retiring or, you know, some situation that is a common one, not because, you know, they were an HVAC and they sold some uh, or did some really bad work. And now all of a sudden they're like, you know, I want to get out of this. So um, it, it's important to, you know, AI will enhance a business. But going back to the inputs, it's important to know what inputs or what you're searching for. Um, in all of this to, to ensure that, that you are getting the best deal for yourself. Well, and to comment directly on your point. So I have buyers mm -hmm. or even sellers, individuals that are looking to sell, that contact me and they say, well, I was looking on biz by sell, which is one of the, the big major for sale business websites. Uh -huh. And this business has, you know, same revenue and just like mine. Now, no two businesses are exactly the same. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different nuances. And they are listed for a seven times multiple. Now, when talking about multiple businesses generally, and it is industry specific and such, 
that sell on a multiple um, of some kind of cash flow or revenue. Mm -hmm. And so they'll tell me that's what their business should sell for. Now, the challenge and the difficulty is the business itself that is listed for sale, who listed it? Did a broker list it? Did somebody vet it? Did somebody, you know, analyze the the business and analyze the financials? Because mm-hmm. any business that gets brought to us that, that we end up listing, we do a full comprehensive analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we are not CPAs. We are not attorneys. But on a broker opinion of value mm-hmm. to determine what the most probable selling price is. And, and we have databases of comps. We have um, comparative data to look at other sold businesses, uh, comparative data to look at other financial performance and such. So when we look at all of that, it can be a challenge. And was, again, going back to your point of the credibility, is it somebody who listed it for sale by owner? Mm-hmm. And then that, you know, there's potential for a question there of, is it listed by owner because maybe a business broker did not list it? Or is it listed by owner because technology has advanced so much to allow individuals to do things, you know, on their own, which basically is it innocent or is, or is it not? <laughs> is there, I mean, possibly. And there yeah. can be questions. And generally, a lot of it is, you know, a lot of times business owners, they aren't aware or mm-hmm. they, they don't know. You know, when my husband and I, you know, we when we first moved to, to Fayetteville about six years ago, um, and got into the business brokerage industry here and and really kind of our purpose was because it was an industry that wasn't serviced here. And that was our our big thing is we looked at it and saw the community had a need and it wasn't being serviced. And we said, okay, this is where we can fit. Because for me, I am very much so relationship oriented. Mm -hmm. I want to build a relationship and I want to help people. Mm -hmm. And I have these skills and these capabilities to be able to do that. And Mm -hmm. so therefore providing that service. But what I also found here, education has been one of our biggest aspects because most business owners didn't know that you could sell a business here when you're, when you're looking at your small business owners, Mm -hmm. your, your main street businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, Generally when you get to the lower middle market, they are aware of the capabilities, mergers and acquisitions. And again, we focus on both realms, um, both aspects, but really just educating people and into helping to get that word out into letting them know you have opportunities and you have capabilities, but it does take time. Cause again, a business generally takes six to nine months, you know, t- to sell. So. And Fayetteville is unique in that market. It's the same reason that, uh, that, that brought me here is just mm-hmm. what you said is it's, it's a market that I feel is, um, it has great potential. Mm-hmm. Um, the people here can be, you know, wonderful, great people, but because of the area and, and it's having such a, a influence on military for such a long Correct. time, um, I think the business, the business, um, districts of Fayetteville are developing. Yes. And so, uh, there's a lot of potential for, for people to come in and, uh, and, and, you know, better the community because of that, mm-hmm. um, which is great. It, it is. It's the same reason that I came here is, you know, there was a lack of, I think, financial literacy of mm-hmm. education in the area. And uh, we do a great deal of classes to try to uh, educate retirees. And and you guys are out there trying to educate business owners, mm-hmm. buyers and sellers, both alike um, on how, you know, hey, you know, w- we can bring something better than what you thought to mm-hmm. the table. Um, or, you know, let's, you, you know, you may have thought this was unrealistic. Let's talk about it and Mm -hmm. see how we can actually bring this to fruition. So that's, um, it's awesome. I think that leads us into the future outlook, um, of the business brokerage industry. Where do you see it going? Um, and how do you see it growing from here? So business brokerage is kind of, um, it's kind of like a unknown gem 
is how I'll put it. You know, some areas, especially here Mm -hmm. directly, um, some areas, business brokerage, uh, such as Florida is just, I mean, it's even taught in the real estate classes when you get your real estate license, it's, it's a segment there. Um, here it, it just has been a little more unknown. So really kind of expanding that education, expanding the information, letting, you know, educating the community business brokerage as a whole is, is just going to keep growing because as you previously mentioned in our last segment, baby boomers, right. Mm -hmm. They're starting to exit the market. They're looking at the retirement strategies and that's where we can facilitate to help with that by, you know, Every business that we list, our goal and objective is to create a competitive bid market. Uh, we're looking for multiple offers on the businesses to really be able to negotiate the best pricing terms uh, and to really be able to find exactly what our sellers are looking for. Um, so business brokerage, you know, recently there has been some some legislature that was passed uh, to create some formalized standards for business brokerage. And as that continues to develop and states continue to accept it, you know, it's it's growing in the capabilities of what can be done um, in business sales and for mergers and acquisitions. So that's exciting to see how that continues. Well, I was going to say, usually when there's some type of legislation passed like that, it's because there's a lot of activity in it. Exactly. So that speaks to the growth of, uh, of the future of it is, you know, they're, they're looking at it, it's drawing, drawing enough attention to where they're saying, you know, Hey, how do we need to uh, look at this going forward and, and possibly regulate it? Exactly. And our office, uh, Transworld Business Advisors of Eastern North Carolina, we primarily, our our footprint really covers all of Eastern North Carolina, um, to the coast, up to Virginia, down to South Carolina. Of course, we do have the capabilities to work outside of that range, but just we are here local. Mm-hmm. We are here in Eastern North Carolina. Our mission is the rebuild and revitalization of Eastern North Carolina to really kind of bring these opportunities and, and the education into, to, you know, influx of capital into Eastern North Carolina through some of these foreign buyers and such. So these are things that we're looking at as a whole. And I think ultimately, as we see it developing and growing over time, we're really, it's going to be exciting. So how do you guys, uh, I think that leads into a good subject of the client approach that you take. Mm -hmm. So how do you customize this towards the client and how do you fit uh, their need? And we may have touched on this some, but Mm -hmm. just to sum it all up, you know, um, how do you, how are you treating it? How are you not making a one shoe fits all for this? How do you customize this? I imagine every business has their own, you know, ways of doing things. But like you mentioned previously, no, no two businesses are mm-hmm. alike, even though they may appear the same. So talk a little bit about your tailored approach to that. So the tailored approach is, you know, I, I kind of mentioned it before that my number one goal and objective is to provide a service to help to concierge. I mentioned that I am going to help everybody, regardless of if the stage that you're at in your business is is needing a broker, or if you're looking at building that exit strategy, if you're looking at that three to five years out. We had talked about the, the benefits of getting involved three to five years out. Mm-hmm. When I have a seller that I have been involved in that amount of time, I gain an understanding about their business. So then when it comes to representing that business, to marketing that business, to speaking with buyers about that business, I have more of the information and I can, I can speak more to it more authentically directly about it. And that's not saying that I can't do those things when I've been involved for a shorter period of time. It just allows a, a very strong concierge approach, understanding what each business needs. Um, for instance, I had a, a business that I was speaking with here locally and 
as many business owners are, they had a lot of staffing uh, concerns and, mm-hmm. and challenges. And as a result, there was also some licensing involved. So we knew that we would be looking for somebody to uphold the license. But I, I was able to connect them with resources to help them correct the staffing issues so that then they were ready to um, really, you know, get on the exit side to, to list the business. So a lot of packaging, a lot of prepping, a lot of preparing businesses for sale so that then when we do sell, we can shorten that timeline to get the deal done. And even more than necessarily shortening the timeline, but ensuring that we can cross the finish line and not have it die so many times ahead of time. Well, Ashley, I think that this has been a great discussion and, um, and I, I love the, you just discussed the, the, the tailored approach. Um, we take great pride in that here of customizing everything for our clients and being very hands-on and you uh, seem to have the same approach mm-hmm. towards that, which is very important. Um, it, it's a lot of, it brings a lot of value to the, uh, to the person, just everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and every business is different. So it's good having you on. Yeah. Thank you, Ashley. And again, if you want to learn more about, uh, what Transworld does, you can log on tworld.com. We'll put all the contact info for Ashley in the show notes, but it's really interesting. You can get on and, and just see some of the recently sold businesses too, right? See the local businesses around Eastern North Carolina that have been sold who, who was purchased by testimonials as well. So there's a lot of information on their website. If you want to learn more, if you are someone that might be selling their business down the road, a uh, really great resource and tool. And again, if you are a business owner that is selling, right, and you have that extra influx of money and you're looking to put that into your retirement and figure out how to approach retirement and make everything fit together to meet your needs, again, reach out to CLC Financial as well, online, clcfinancial.com, or over the phone at 910 Five seven zero zero. But again, I'll echo Desmond's comments. Uh, Ashley, really enjoyed learning more about what you guys do and the approach you take. It's very unique, and I know that it's, it's very similar to what Desmond does and, and approaching every person differently and every situation is different and customizing that. So thanks for taking some time with us. And and having her on to you know show the value that you can add and, and always wanting to bring value to our clients as well. And uh, and and that Ashley is such a great resource uh, for us to go to um, as if there's a specific situation, uh, but for our clients as well. Again, if you want to get in touch with Desmond as well, again, you can find us online, clcfinancial.com. Also, the phone number is 910-323-5700. And please hit subscribe wherever you listen. Securities and advisory services offered through Creative One Securities, LLC member, FINRA, SIPC, and an investment advisor. CLC Financial Services, LLC, and Creative One Securities, LLC are not affiliated. Medical products are not offered by Creative One Securities, LLC. They may be purchased through a licensed insurance professional. Licensed insurance professional, we are an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investment and insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. This material has been prepared for informational and educational purposes only. It is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for accounting, legal tax, or investment advice. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. Insurance and annuity products are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. We are not affiliated with any government agency.